0: Welcome to Mint, the corner of where crypto meets the creator economy. My name is Adam Levy, and every Tuesday and Thursday, I'll be showing you how the creators of today are building the communities of tomorrow by harnessing the power of Web3. Before we kick off this episode, I wanted to recognize one of the NFT sponsors that's helping make Mint a reality. They are CyberConnect, a decentralized social graph protocol, allowing users to own and control their social connections while providing a universal data layer backed by powerful social features to empower developers. Already with 150,000 users and 3 million connections, CyberConnect is the largest decentralized social graph supporting Ethereum, Binance Smart Chain, Nier, and Solana with more coming soon. To learn more, visit cyberconnect.me and start connecting with everyone in Web3. This episode welcomes Alex Mazmesh, creator of the Alex token and co-founder of the Web3 Instagram alternative Try Showtime, who joins Mint to share why free NFTs will be a Trojan horse for creators and new users during the 2022 bear market. We also discuss the current state of social and creator tokens, soulbound NFTs, membership NFTs, and so much more. I hope you guys enjoy our conversation. Alex, Matt yo, yo, yo bang, yo, bang, bang, bang. No, that's Pomp's thing. I can't do that on the show. <laughs> I said yo. bang, bang to Pomp when I came in before he said it and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Welcome, mint, man. mint. Mint, mint, bang, bang. Thank you for being on. What's going on?
1: Yeah, I'm doing awesome. Uh, I was traveling in France and New York Maybe I'll go to New York for NFT NYC next week. Maybe. recording. Maybe. I don't know. I made FOMO last minute. What about you? Okay.
0: How's going? I'm going. Uh, I'm going to NFT NYC. Going to hang there. This is going to come out on Tuesday. So during NFT NYC. Perfect. So yeah. whoever's going to be listening on Tuesday, hit me up. I uh, hope to see you around. But welcome to Mint. First time on Mint. Iconic. Bigger than Ellen. Bang, bang, bang. Da-na-na-na-na. All these good things. Uh I'm stoked to have you on my friend. Uh, A lot of why mint is here today is because of your entrepreneurial type of mindset, starting the social token movement and kind of sparking this web three creator journey that a lot of us are on. So I think a good place to start. Okay. For those who don't know who you are. Okay. Who the hell are you, Alex? What does the world need to know about you? But more specifically, how the hell did you get into crypto?
1: All right. Sure. So I guess I grew up from Paris and Uh, I grew up in Paris from 0 to 18, and at 18, I studied in the UK, so now I'm bilingual and I speak English. Um, (laughs) And then at 23, after learning about entrepreneurship and startups, I was always passionate by Steve Jobs since I'm like 12, um, I decided to pick a company, sorry, to pick an industry that I would work on and really focus heads down for the next 10 years, and so... I think I picked like AI, VR, and and Web3, crypto. And at the time, crypto was the one I wanted the least to focus on. But then it became so obvious that like anyone can join crypto. It's very low barriers to entry. It's kind of like the internet. And I was like, if I want to be a legendary founder, having a massive impact in the world, Web3 is probably the best uh, industry to spend my 20s in. And it's going to massively impact the world positively. Um, And so... I decided to join crypto in like 20, 2018, 2019, and I was like 21 something. And um, I joined Meta Cartel first, which um, is one of the pioneering DAOs. It was based on Moloch DAO, which is kind of like a multi sig where mm-hmm. if you disagree of where the funds are going, you can rage quit and you can not spend your money. And so it was a nice way to align people on the same financial decision. And so Metacartel Cartel was giving grants to startups. It was the bear market. Everyone was poor in 2018, 2019. And I discovered some amazing minds like Peter Pan, uh, Kupa Trupa, way before you know any of those guys were, were big in, in crypto Twitter. That was very exciting. I created even my own project that MetaCartel gave me a grant called Rocket, which was um, NFT as a collateral way before its its time or NFTs were a thing. Then I created uh, marketing DAO with the CMO of Consensus and a couple of other folks, other uh, also a DAO um, marketing Ethereum and and trying to be better at, at comms and stuff, and then um, COVID happened and um, you know I was broke and I was receiving off grants and free flights and and you know the crypto gift economy that that people were willing to give me with DAOs and stuff and. I had no choice but you know, I was stuck in Paris. It was, I remember March 2020, the crypto market was crashing. Mm-hmm. I, I had like a small freelancer gig for like a company that was overfunded that was paying me a little bit every month. And so I got caught all of that. And I even got screwed up in a, in a DeFi protocol uh, and I lost like mm. 80% of my savings. So it's March 2020 and I'm like, I've got all of those insights and experimentations and I have to do something or I'll just be like a normal guy you know, doing a normal job in Paris. I was stuck in Paris at my parents' house. And I remember I had done the Alex token because Peter Pan flew me out and he wanted me to repay his debt that he landed me for that flight to my first crypto conference. And he was like, let's create a, a token so you can repay me later. Later, it was called Alex mesh Loan 2019. So I had a lot of experiments in Rocket and Marketing Dow, all the stuff I've, I've told about. and um, And I was like, let's just... Use one of my experiments, so the Alex token, which uh, was not really used for anything, it didn't really work out. It was just like a one hour of my time for like you know X number of tokens. I was like, let's use it, but this time as like a crowdfunding tool. That was way before X Y Z, the publishing platform was live. Let's use it to uh, you know um, say I want money to move to San Francisco and to start a very ambitious company and later on protocol. Um, And, and, you know, I need the money as a safety net and I want to create a cryptocurrency where, you know, my holders can maybe access some new stuff. They can get my future salary, uh, you know, a portion of my future salary. Um, And so I came to ECC uh, in real life in 2020, just before COVID was closing down everything. And I said, I'm raising $20,000 to move to San Francisco. At the time, I was so scared. I have never, ever had a salary in my life. And I was promising the main stage that I would pay back with my salary, but I'd never had a salary. It was very scary and terrifying. And I was like, I don't <laughs> think I'll ever raise the $20,000. Uh, and two weeks later, I do a medium article because as I said, mirror was not a thing. There was no crowdfund, There was no mirror race, whatever. Um, and turns out I raised the $20,000 in like four days from really incredible people like Jacob from Zora or Dan Finney from MetaMask and just like really good people. It was like, it was capped at a hard cap of like my salary given back. So it was not like a VC investment. It was like, you know, I'm just giving stuff. I don't really expect anything in return, but maybe the Alex token will go up if you ever become like a, a big founder mm-hmm. or something. Right. And so that's kind of the uh, Alex token story. And then it blew up on social media. I kind of went on TV, I did a lot of podcasts. I even created other stuff. Like I had like a deep fake of myself that you could like speak to and, and paint an Alex token. I had control my life, which also went very viral with Austin Griffiths, uh, the Them developer from the theme foundation where basically like a, a vote in my, uh, in Alex token, like one token, one vote could decide what I would do in July, 2020, that went viral. Uh, it was kind of like the earliest of Snapshot, like this experiment voting was inspired Snapshot. Like a guy from Balancer just left to do Snapshot, and Alex voting on my life was the first token vote on Snapshot. Mm. Anyway, so like a lot of things went viral consistently with the Alex token. And fast forward, I got my visa. I'm living in the United States, and I saw the NFT boom coming, and I was like, "That's perfect." I always wanted to do a company. That's why I did the Alex token. And to me, my social token needed a social media. It needed a platform to be on. The token part is the easy part. That was not really hard to do, but I needed a platform. And um, and yeah, I started Showtime in uh, early 2021. And we can talk more into the history of Showtime.
0: Yeah, why'd you start Showtime? Why was that the next obvious thing to do? So to me, like the crypto space is has always been very
1: financial. It was a lot about speculation. And I understand speculation can be good, but... The NFT space and the crypto space as a whole, because NFTs were not even a thing when we started Showtime. Uh, It was just people had done a sale, but that was basically it. Um, To me, like the space was too transactional and not enough about social. And to me, like crypto cannot sustain its growth with only self-motivated people. Like right now it's crypto natives. It's people who are obsessed with crypto. And they philosophically agree with crypto, so they install a wallet. um, And that's kind of how people are independently joining crypto. Mm -hmm. Um, For crypto to break into mainstream, it has to go through, uh, you know, your friend telling you about it. Like, it sounds very simple, but there's no app where your friend tells you to use it in crypto. It doesn't exist right now. You need a friend to onboard you to philosophically pill you in crypto to listen to a podcast. There's no real app where like you're just like, oh, yeah, like I'll just get it. And then this will trickle down to millions and billions of users. And so we're really focused on a social platform and people don't actually, you know, are not as excited about money as they are about social stuff and culture. This is why NFTs boomed. But NFTs, people didn't learn from their friends. They learned it from media headlines. So it's like, yeah, like we saw some potential with NFTs and they started becoming viral, but it was mostly about the prices and, you know, the media headlines versus people actually using them. Right. Like OpenSea, even though it's a massively successful company, still doesn't have over a million users. They have like 1.6 million users, but that's on general analytics. People have multiple wallets Mm -hmm. and it's one-time users. So like, you know, that's the potential of crypto. If a million users can shoot up OpenSea to 15 billion valuation. I think it's very exciting to try to invent the Web3 protocols and products that will guide the next 100 million users. And, you know, Showtime was one of the first ones, but now there's Lens protocol, there's Farcaster, there's Web3 WhatsApp coming up called Bylines. Like there's a lot of very exciting social media. Even Vitalik is talking about it with cell tokens and the paper he wrote. So. I think this next cycle is gonna be on social media, on web three social media. And I'm extremely excited about it and I've been preparing it for years. So mm, yeah. um, that's why I started Showtime.
0: So personal tokens slash social tokens, they came to fruition mainly because of you. And you have about like one more year out of the three that you committed to revenue sharing with your 30 holders. Yep, exactly. We're two years into the experiment, okay? Yeah. So d- did, it, did it pan out as you imagined? so far honestly yeah i mean better
1: like i was always extremely ambitious so like i don't think i'll ever say oh like this is way more than i expected this is exactly what i expected i expected to raise from the best investors to move to san francisco and then to really dedicate the next few years of my life to building a world changing startups but salary wise at the time i remember like it felt weird promising future income that i've never gained but mm. turns out I'm a San Francisco founder, You know, I'm making a six figure standard salary. Uh, and so for holders, it's actually way more than the maths that I was giving them because I think I needed to do like, to make $60,000 per year or so to break even, but I'm way more than breaking even. I'm, I don't think I'm gonna have five X or 10 X, but like they are getting their money back. And it was also a fun journey. I don't think even people did it for the money that much, but did not yeah. cost them money. It was fun. And they're part of the first social token in history, which is very exciting. Um, So I'm very grateful for them. So how much revenue
0: have you given to your 30 token holders to date, if you're open to sharing?
1: Interesting. Um, I don't know exactly because, so like some have asked like for USDC, a Mm. very famous uh, like CoinMarketCap competitor, founder uh, asked me uh, for USDC, Um, I mean, yeah some people some sometimes i've like did it in alex lp tokens on Uniswap. it was very weird i would say (laughs) i don't even know honestly i think i've probably given back roughly the same so i've probably given back twenty thousand dollars maybe a little bit more so far but however there's a
0: year left so the year left now Mm. is pure bonus for them um, Oof, if there's an exit yeah. at Showtime, everybody's gonna be really, really happy.
1: <laughs> I think, I think, yeah, like we're, we're brainstorming it. I don't think I can promise anything, but um, right. I think it'll be very exciting to tie in Showtime. Maybe even if it's just personally, not via company, because right. uh, that would not work legally. But I'll, I'll be committed to like, like you know, reward people with the Alex token, especially the early ones. Uh, but I can't commit to anything because yeah, you know, I I don't want to. I have any investment advice or anything.
0: (laughs) There's there's never any investment advice given here. Okay. So how have personal coins sort of evolved since the launch of Alex token? It's been quite the journey. Yeah. yeah.
1: So the story is very interesting because I launched social tokens kind of out of uh, desperation almost. Like it was like a forced innovation. It was like, if I don't innovate, I I literally cannot stay. I have to get a job. And I did it. And it was very very, um, it triggered a lot of people's uh, instincts about the fact that it was a little bit like Black Mirror because it was kind of like undeterred servitude, meaning that, you know, I would be liable to my shareholders. And that's kind of a weird dynamic. Uh, Also, people push back because they were like the opposite where, oh, like you actually have too much power. Uh, It's the opposite of Black Mirror. Well, actually now you can rock pull people and that's not trustless like DeFi. I had some pushbacks. I have a lot of people who really liked it. Other people did it, actually. Kerman Coley, a founder and newsletter writer in crypto, um, also did it like a few weeks after, also raising $20,000. So I think it just did a massive amount of noise. That Mm -hmm. got me very excited because crypto doesn't do noise very often. So it did with NFTs. Social tokens also, although it doesn't have product market fit as much as NFTs, did a lot of noise every time. Sometimes for the worse. So as I said, the Alex token had its critics. Uh, it also, um, you know, BitCloud also had its critics because mm. it started trading tokens without people's consent and that pissed a lot of people off, rightly so. Um, and so to me, you know, a lot of people got excited. Even Cooper Tully, like you started being like a social token manager and artists did one and a lot of very prominent people did one. Um, Brian Flynn did one. And I think what people started realizing is that community tokens are better, like friends with it started. And so the, the personal token, the narrative shifted. I remember there's like a podcast on Seed Club or, or something where Jess and like Patrick from Mayor, um are basically saying, well, social tokens, personal tokens like Alex were fun, but it seems like community tokens uh, are better because look at seed club and look at friends with benefits and look at others. And so this shifted and I was like, man, I don't really get, I don't really agree with this. And, and, and like, I even wrote a, a blog post on Andreessen Horowitz, a uh, future.com blog about this, where I'm like, creator tokens, personal tokens will boom before DAOs will. But right now I guess crypto is kind of clunky and people love chatting on discord. And so temporarily you know community tokens are winning but i'm very excited about the future of crater tokens because every time it's been tried it really became viral way more mm. than friends of benefits way more than seed club it really started like people were like oh being early in a crater i get it and you know i think there's a lot of things to say about creator tokens and i'm happy to dive into it more Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. so,
0: so if you were to do Alex again, would you go the, the fungible route or the non-fungible route? I think I would probably go the non-fungible route if I had to do it another time. Why is that? Because,
1: well, um, I could go like the crowdfunding route again. And so maybe I would have done it on .xyz, for instance, uh, with the NFT crowdfund. But I think, you know, even the Alex token before my crowdfund started at zero. And so to me, the psychological, you know, dollar ticker next to um an experiment that starts at zero is weird um i think nfts are a better place for that especially free nfts i would have probably maybe made a drop a free nft drop of alex tokens and i'm like hey like you know um i'm taking 10% royalties and i'm giving you access to like x or y z things um and the trading would have maybe made me some money or to me yeah like i yeah, I think I would have done at least an NFC craft on mirror or tried to do something for free to more people and have something at scale, like maybe like a bigger group chats or a Zoom call or people voting on my life would have like used it. And that would have mm-hmm. made me some money somehow. Like I, w- I would say like most experience in crypto start at zero. And even like board apes were like very cheap or even free to mint and, and crypto things were free to mint. I think started without a price as a NFT is probably better uh, and feels more like a badge than a currency. So I've probably started with the NFT uh, if it was the case today. But at the time, NFTs were not even a thing. It was very, uh, very little.
0: What's up, guys? Adam Levy here. Sorry for the quick pause, but I wanted to recognize a couple of our NFT sponsors who are helping make this episode a reality. They are CoinVise and MintSongs. First up, on Coinvise, you can create a personal or community-owned social token on Ethereum. Coinvise also helps you create incentives through token rewards and bounties, NFT business models, and bot integrations for Discord. Discover more by visiting Coinvise.co today. Next up, we have Mint Songs, who is home to over 1,200 music artists in Web3. Check out the Mint Songs marketplace to support, collect, and connect with artists creating Web3 communities around their music via NFTs. In June 2022, about next month, Mint Songs will be launching their much-anticipated V2 marketplace on Ethereum, which aims to make Web3 even more accessible to music artists. Follow along on Twitter at MintSongs or check out MintSongs.com to learn more. Alright, back to the episode. So, I want to pivot back to Showtime, okay? What is your thesis on the Web3 social movement? What does that really entail? So to me, um, content creators are vastly
1: under-monetized. I think this is not, you know, a very uh, crazy uh, thesis to have. Mm -hmm. Um, Everyone knows this. Um, I think that Web3 social lets you own your content. So like, you know, NFT can literally be a piece of social media content, like a podcast episode, a photo, or whatever um and that is extremely valuable like you know facebook is worth a trillion dollars owning all the nfts of everyone um plus it's only using it as a black box for advertisers so for one use case nfts because it's composable can have not one use case but a million use cases meaning that the total value if we unlock facebook as a web3 platform will be even bigger than facebook so there's Literally trillions of dollars of value that could be liberated, given to people who actually produce the value, and that's extremely exciting. And so in concrete terms, if you're a podcaster, maybe you can sell an NFT of sponsor slots. And literally you get an inbound of all the 30 seconds audio clips you received that were purchased that you know you can just plug into your podcast automatically, and that makes it very easy. So like sponsor slots is just one idea. Or, you know, Beyonce fans, for instance, um, if, if they ever want to buy tickets at a concert, you know, tickets sell out in, in a second for Beyonce mm-hmm. and they feel ripped off. Like, they've listened to her songs way more. Like, they deserve, they've done work to prove that they're fans. They deserve to get some VIP access. You know, like, I feel like social media not only doesn't monetize well, but is extremely superficial. Like, social media is really maximum width right now. Uh, especially with TikTok, right? Like TikTok, a follower on TikTok really means nothing. It means like you double tapped and you clicked on on follow and you like literally gave three seconds of your attention. So like web two doesn't make money and has zero depths. Um, with web three, you can make money and you can also use those web three assets to create depths. Like, oh, those are my you know fans of like who listen to one show or two shows. Or those are like extra, extra fans. Like it can really recreate how deep of a fan you are to someone. And that's really good because right now, sure, everyone is online. There's millions of people, even billions of people on social media, but we should probably recreate depths of the internet because otherwise, you know, it's, it's very hard to actually get to a community that we like, that is high signal, a lot of trolls, a lot of negative people, a lot of, you know, um. Clickbait things can happen when there is no dApps because everyone is treated the same. Bots are treated the same. Bad people are treated the same. Insulting people are treated the same. We can change this with NFTs and tokens because we can read the chain on what exactly have they done. And so we can have better communities online. And so to me, like Web3 fixes a lot of things about the space. Uh, Monetization. Uh, it fixes the depths of how much of a fan you are and all the perks that you can get. It also fixes social media addiction. Mm. Creators are addicted to social media because they cannot make money unless they really drown the algorithm in content. If you're making a hard career year and that's enough for the city you live in, then you don't need to be as much plugged in. If you're a user, you're going to start making money of maybe sharing early fans, uh, sorry, creators, uh, and stuff like that. So like, there's going to be time manager, who are going to be like kids in India that no one knows who's going to discover the next Justin Bieber on like the web three YouTube. And that's Mm -hmm. going to be wealthy. So people are going to realize, wow, I'm making money off social media as a user or as a creator that's changing my life and I can recognize the value. And so now I don't have to abuse social media as much because I'm getting the value. The attention economy on web two right now is like, I'm giving away my value, but web three gives you back that value. And I think it can really make people understand. Oh, like my time is very valuable. I could spend it doing something else because now I'm I'm getting the money. I know exactly the value that I'm getting um, in Web three. So social media addiction moderation depths um, in content creators, which is very exciting. Obviously, monetization. Um, it's literally solving a lot of problems. And I think also the obviously bigger and meta one is that people will only join a social network. Uh, to join crypto and Web3. like They don't care about installing MetaMask or Xerion. Those are self-motivated people, which is amazing. And we love those apps. But basically, the first wallets of people will be created because they need a social media. And so this also is a massive benefit in itself, which is people will use social media because they're much better in Web3. And then that's their starting point. And then they can go on to do DeFi stuff, NFT stuff, other other games and whatever things. But whatever will break out is social because social is literally like a marketing first product. It's literally the goal of the product is for everyone to use it. And so if we want to get more people to crypto because it's so amazing, we should probably have them use a social network because that's the only way to get people. Like the most used apps online are all social networks. There's no way around it. That's where people hang out. If we don't create a place for people to hang out in Web3, they will not come. And it has to come from other people telling them because that's how people operate, not self-motivated you know, nerds like us. That's the <laughs> vast majority right. of people. And, and we are just a tiny minority.
0: So where does Showtime fit in that thesis then? Because you, you, just, you just explained a bunch of like why, like the purpose behind this stuff, right? So right. from a product point of view, out of those problems, which ones are you after?
1: Right. So I think to me, the best uh, things uh, to do is to be product first, to build a product that people care about. They don't care about a protocol. They don't care about just a tool that they use once. They care about a platform to hang on. And so with this thesis, there's many things you can do. You can do a Twitter Web3, which is you know short form text. And so there's Farcaster, who's very exciting, started by this uh, Coinbase alumni, Dan Romero, which I'm very excited about. Um, There is Showtime, which in our case is an Instagram, you know, media content. The reason I chose media was it seems like it's some of the biggest markets um, in social media. Like TikTok is massive. Instagram is kind of like slowly decreasing in in users, but it's still a massive, massive uh, social network. So I'm like, people care about media-based social networks. So let's build one and rethink it with Web3. And so in Showtime, your content is your NFT's. Your username is maybe an ENS in the future, or at least an ETH address. Um, you know, We are rethinking every primitive with Web3, and we just started scratching the surface. The next thing we're excited is free NFTs. It's the social media version of NFTs. It's not about price. It's about utility. It's about unlocking something special. For the first time, we have depths in social media again, where... Some users are not treated the same as others. And that's super cool because that means you can give discounts to some people. You can give, um, you know, exclusive access to a community or a group chat or stuff like this. And I'm very excited to see because we block the price with free NFTs. There's no way to do yeah. a price. A lot of creators are going to be very creative about what they offer. Kind of like Mare. You know, mayor got a lot of people really creative about what to crowdfund with. And we're kind of doing a similar distribution product. But this time, it's media-based, it's for content creators, podcasters, musicians, anyone who has more than 10 NFT collectors, like digital artists. Digital artists, they don't really need a social network. You know, they have OpenSea, they trade, they have maybe music NFT for like the rare vinyls, but for social media, they don't have a platform and they need tools like Forecaster for Twitter, Showtime for Instagram, Bylines for WhatsApp. Those are the future... And every single web three, you know, uh, every single social network today is going to be disrupted by its web three version. It may look a little different, but there will be a text-based one, a media-based one. Maybe there will be aggregators reading a little bit of everything. And so a million different interfaces will, will come up. Uh, but, but I think this is where we're heading. And so, yeah, showtime is media-based Instagram, like, uh, but different features. Free
0: free NFTs are the the Trojan horse, in my opinion, for content creators. I think it's a number one way to build a top level funnel to find those collectors who will end up buying something from you. Um, I've given out thousands of free NFTs on the podcast, over 8,000 to date across every single season in an effort to kind of put a cookie in someone's wallet in an effort to kind of learn and prove that they've been a part of my journey since that episode. And that I, as I figure out what my content journey is, I can bring them alongside me, right? I think it's the ultimate way and people go absolutely crazy for that. People love them. People love free NFTs, let alone free shit. And you guys are starting to focus on free NFTs. You just posted uh, a long, long ass thread uh, (laughs) on Twitter yesterday. Talking about your excitement. And I know this is kind of like what we connected over as well. We share the similar sentiment over that. But elaborate more on that. And I want you to touch upon like uh, soulbound tokens as well. Because they very much have a a free element to them. Yeah, for sure. Um,
1: Yeah, so as I said, like it's really free NFT season. It's going to be absolutely incredible. I think we're like some of the first to talk about this. But free NFTs have been trending on Twitter uh, Mm. some weeks. Uh, Obviously, you're very bullish on it. Uh, you know, a lot of creators and influencers are starting to tweet about it. Um, chain smokers did a free NFT drop. So like, it seems like there's some enthusiasm and it's only going to increase. Um, I think the reason for free NFTs is very simple. Uh, and as I said, it goes back to like caring about mainstream people, caring about social media users and not crypto native collectors or like some very small niche and it's very striking that most people in this world don't have an NFT. It's Mm. very much that simple. And we're like, how can we make people earn their first NFT? How can we make people own their first NFT? And it's really that simple. Like, you know, it's like, well, should they pay for it? Maybe most people can afford $5 so we could maybe do like on Polygon, like a $5 sale. But then it gets blocked from the App Store because Apple doesn't like digital items Mm. and App Store policies have not caught up to NFT innovation. So we're like, okay. People like free stuff, Apple like free stuff. Um, The markets are crashing. So people don't even want to spend money anymore. NFTs are not as booming in value as before. And so this is the perfect time to focus not on prices, but on what the NFT can offer. And so we want to do free NFTs for any creator to share a simple link to their audience for whatever that is, we leave them the expression. And um, some ideas include a private group chat, a private community, you know, showing up to an event, participating to something. The goal I think is to kind of prove some work. Um, the, the, The simplest form would be being early in someone, but doing something like proving that you have some depth as a fan, not just a person who randomly followed someone is very exciting. And I think it links to sellbound NFTs, sellbound tokens, as you said, because you know, sellbound tokens, so just to define it, is basically non-transferable things. Things are tied to you um, as a person, as a soul. And I think one early example of that is POAPS, where it is transferable, POAPs are NFTs, but people don't really sell their POAPs because it tells about them. POAPs is an NFT that you gain from attending a crypto conference. And what's very exciting is that, um, you know, you get to prove that you are an OG in the space. And, you know, maybe one free NFT or one POAP will not give you depth because it's like, okay, you just claim one. That's like a 10 second action. But what's very exciting and what we saw with POAPs is that the accumulation of POAPs is interesting. You know, some of people during short time are new to crypto. They have one POAP from Denver. That's not that high signal. But people looking at my account, I've been in POAPs like events for like three years. I have 22 POAPs. Now the accumulation of them are extremely it valuable. It tells yeah. a story about my life. Like, okay, I started Meta Cartel, Demo Day 2019. And, you know, those are NFTs. So this can be faked because you can buy them. But with sellbound tokens, I would not be able to buy them, and so my account will truly reflect. This is someone who probably is a human being because he's been traveling the world doing stuff, and a bot doing all of this over the past over the past three years would be insane. So, like you know, that's probably a human, and then this can give you like status. I'm you know a prominent Ethereum person because I've attended this, I've spoke at conferences, I have you know PoAP speaker badges, whatever. Self-expression, you know, I care about women in Web3 because I attended a women in Web3 event and I have the po-up to show it. And so all of those things are the basis of social media, status, self-expression. Um, and so if you can transfer them, if it's not about money anymore, if it's free to get, if anyone can get it and they can prove something, we are really recreating social networks, but this time it's not, you know, uh, virtue signaling. It's not all of those superficial things. It truly shows what you've done and to me that's extremely exciting and a lot of people in web 2 like don't like social media creators that seem superficial and like seem to be faking their lives and stuff like that there's a lack of authenticity that web 3 can provide with those salvan tokens and free nfts
0: but human nature's programmed For web 2 like we are we spend so much time doing the things acting the way we do on web 2 because we we naturally organically are like that right posting a picture next to a bentley on the way to your to fly on your private jet is some shit that people love to do and that gets clicks attention attribution all these things right why would web 3 make that different that's just human nature
1: well, I think what's very exciting is that uh, I completely agree with you. And this is why the um, startups that I mentioned, which is Farcaster, Showtime, mm-hmm. and, and Bylines, which is kind of low-key but will come out very soon, are literally copying WhatsApp and you know Twitter and Instagram that people absolutely love. Because Web3 is a financial innovation and it's a self-custody innovation, but it's not a user interface innovation. So we're going to keep the same interaction things that probably will also make someone on the private jets, you know, do well. But this time in Web3, you know, that influencer, you know, let's say they're promoting Bentley, they are going to say, you know, like the first thousand people liking this um, will get some of the money Bentley paid me to do this Instagram post. And that means all of my users have now discounts buying Bentley stuff. Well, I guess Bentley is kind of super expensive, so it's a bad example, but it could happen with Nike. Um, And so that way, the social media platform doesn't take a 100% cut and literal users, literal social media users will get discounts from Nike from the money they are giving to the influencer. And the value flow is gonna be very exciting to see. So like, not only are you gonna get status, in Web3, but you're also going to get money. So you're going to get the best of Web2 with the best of Web3. And people can still flex and do some cool stuff. They can flex even more now because they can literally show their holdings and their earnings if they want to, because it's going to be more traceable and, and visible. So I don't worry about replicating some of those dynamics, but at least users will make money even if they start doing cool stuff. Brands will be more loved. Because, you know, users will start making money from brands by interacting with them in Web3. So now it won't be a cash grab. It will be about receiving money and value. So advertising will actually be like giving money because the advertising platform does not exist. It's someone giving money to someone. That's
0: super exciting to me.
1: Um There was a
0: there was a gaming creator on the podcast in season one where she did this collaboration later on uh, a few months later with a a hardware company for gaming. And she basically allowed her audience who hold the coin to purchase the hardware, uh, but at a discount. And you saw the brands interacting with these on this on chain provenance and providing utility to fans because she brings in an entire customer base that are loyal with her that can buy these products and services. Using their native currency, using their membership pass, using whatever is of value on chain, you know, and seeing brands actually interact with with Web3 native creators by buying into their communities versus doing one off sponsorships is the most interesting thing for me as a creator. Right. How can the brand that I collab with actually be a part of my journey for a while, not just a one type off transaction where I do swipe up if I, I have a few conversions and that's it right? Like building long-term sustainable partnerships on chain. That's something that's also really exciting for me using these primitives. I wanted to ask you, what does the monetization funnel look like for free NFTs? What does the value funnel look like? Because if you use free NFTs as a top level funnel to attract or to reward, right? How do you actually monetize these collectors down the line?
1: Right. So I guess there's two ways. So one, Either the free NFTs are some utility that people price on secondary markets. Mm-hmm. And so they resell on OpenSea. And that's very exciting because what it means is that it's no longer a cash grab. You're literally giving value with your free NFTs. And as a creator, you only make money if your fans make money through royalties. They sell it on OpenSea. You get their royalties. Everyone's happy. No more backlash uh, against creators. So that's great. And also, we're using Polygon, and same solutions are coming. So they're eco-friendly. So mainstream will not complain about environmental, um, you know, damage to society. So that's perfect. That's one thing. So obviously, make different NFTs valuable. I guess mm-hmm. the second one is um, well, now that we have free NFTs, it doesn't have to be valuable. You can drop a hundred thousand of them, and then you can maybe like drop some valuable things to those people who hold free NFTs. And the cool thing here is that we differentiate the status from the money. And that's amazing. With the Alex token, people felt really weird because they started becoming more and more knowledgeable and known in crypto and notable in the space. And they started making a lot of money. And they were like, can I like sell Alex tokens? Because I was early in them, like, am I shorting Alex? Am I gonna be not friends anymore with Alex? Because it feels weird. With free NFTs, I would have given them at the start, free NFTs, and I would have given the income independent of the free nfts so that they can cash out and you can have financial assets like tokens and nfts drop to you and you can make profits of them and you can use those discounts to uh, you know sponsors and advertisers mm-hmm. but you still keep the status and the self-expression and so if you don't make free nfts valuable which is the option one give valuable things to free nft holders and that will uh, be monetizable with royalties and other stuff. But free NFTs and sellbound tokens, which are kind of similar uh, in vision, are basically like for the first time in crypto, we are using assets that are not financial. And that in turn will mean that if you want to airdrop financial stuff, it will be more precise and it will be different. And so you don't have to sacrifice status or self-expression or stuff like that. Like if you're a member of friends with benefits and now it's $10,000 at the peak of the bull market, like that's a very stupid choice to make. It's like, Mm. you know, a lot of people would probably sell and leave a great community just because it makes money. That should have been a free NFT and they you get tokens for friends who benefit something that is different and that's better. And I felt the pain with the Alex token because the Alex token was like an umbrella of all things Alex. And it started getting very confusing because if you don't get the income and the Alex token boom and you just have access to a telegram chat, you're gonna sell Alex. So it's kind of the opposite of what I want. It's people literally turning down the price. Mm. And that's, that's kind of weird. Like they still are proud of being OG Alex holders, why should they be forced to sell to make money because the market is is much higher um basically status and self-expression don't have a price you can drop discounts and stuff to your top clients but you should not as a brand like have your loyalty program being sellable, that's weird. And we did this because crypto obviously is very early. We packed everything into NFTs and tokens because that's all we have. But with non-transferable tokens, differentiating both can lead us to monetize via different tokens and NFTs. And so I actually think that the next bull market will be even crazier in speculation, but this time the specification will be better oriented. It will be targeted airdrops to actual people. So brands and you know airdrops from companies and projects starting out will be more efficient, airdrops will get more efficient and people, they retain their OG status. They don't have to sell or they don't have to question. Like when you have a, you ask a 20 US question, is this worth selling? Like, what, what do I do? Like, no, you can be an OG fan of levy chain. You don't have to like dump it because now it's so valuable. Like your status as an OG fan is not related to how much money uh, this is worth. And so if we differentiate both, free NFTs can be like a pass and you airdrop stuff to that pass. But maybe that pass should be non-transferable so we lock in the status and self-expression. And so to me, that's how we're gonna monetize for NFTs. And also, yeah, as I said, royalties, it's always royalties, yeah. so that's very exciting. Because to me, like a million editions with 10% royalties given for free probably will get way more money than 10,000 editions sold to like an incredible price to a very few niche of wealthy collectors.
0: Yeah, if you go on, uh, G Money just did his admit one, uh, one thousand membership group, um, uh, community online. It was a free mint to access, and it's already done four point two k in secondary volume, wow. and he made he made nothing off the primary sale, but he's making ten percent off the secondary sale, right. right? So, it's cool because a lot of these new music artists that are coming to the space they're experimenting with free nfts as a way to mint their songs on chain for free to find a few collectors and then a few days later there becomes a 0.1 floor a 0.18 floor and with that they get all the secondary royalties that come uh, alongside that another thing that i want to see creators experiment with is if i come to a drop and i mint your collectible and i pay for it i want to be able to receive a non-transferable a soulbound token the second i mint that collectible, because if I decide to sell it, I still want to be recognized and known that I was yeah. there before anybody else. Exactly. Have you exactly. seen anybody do something like that? Um, well, um, to to
1: like for the for the royalty stuff. Oh, like Enough sorry, for, like the Salon uh, tokens. Well, yeah. So, so and I'm actual... and I'm
0: talking about specifically the funnel of coming to okay. someone's drop, right. minting right. their their content, right. and then yeah. getting a
1: Soulbound <laughs> token on the same. I don't want to leak Showtime roadmap, but we are literally, <laughs> we are literally exactly thinking about this. Where basically, you could get what if like your profile was a soul, um, and that way it's easier for anyone to recognize you as a social media user. Um, I think that will be very useful. And then you can, we can also make the free NFTs non-transferable, and we mm. can rebrand it something else. Um, and so, yeah, I think minting non-transferable stuff is gonna get much, much uh, cooler. And if any creator could have their non-transferable
0: stuff, that would be super, super cool. But what about people that don't want something that's soul bound to their wallet? Because a lot of people, like many people buy shit that's never really soul bound to their life in the physical right. world, right? right? It's like, there's there's beauty behind selling something off and getting rid of something. But then this this becomes an opportunity for like, for like ill-minded people to just consistently airdrop these like whatever these these tokens in their wallet as a way to permanently stay in there and I don't know I see a dystopian future kind of evolving from that. Do you think about that? Right. Like uh, right. what are your thoughts around the, the the I guess the the cons of soulbound. Right, so I guess one thing, so like the, the
1: the the Showtime leak that I just said, which is like we could maybe have a SPT per profile, means that you could move your profile around. So you can say it to it. someone else and all your soulbound NFTs tied to it, go with it. So that would be cool because you can make it portable. It's not soulbound to an address. It's soulbound to an identity and you can have a multiple one. You can have a, an anon. You can have like, you know, another, yeah. uh, you know, profile or identity. So that's okay. The second thing is about like, you know, everyone air dropping new stuff. And like kind of ruining your soul bounds because everyone's going to add drop your stuff. Well, that's why we made free NFTs claimable. It's like we have precise intent from the user. We make it very easy. We don't want to like have any friction. It's literally one click. It's pretty easy to use. But we don't want people to be a drop scam NFTs all the time. And I, feel, I don't think we're the only one here because, you know, uh, Coinbase NFT, uh, OpenSea, A lot of companies are literally blocking airdrops Mm -hmm. from Mm -hmm. like they they just don't display them. So like I'm kind of short airdrops, but, you know, if you have a free NFT and the same creator, if you have a SBT, maybe that could, you know, whitelist airdrops from the address who gave it to you because you signal that you like that. So maybe in the future, it could be a droppable without the scams, without the spams. And that's a good thing.
0: Yeah. I just see it. Everything that we're doing online is soul bound activity at this point, point. Um, and we're able to trace every single interaction, every single type of movement that our wallet kind of like uh, kind of acts, right? So yeah, I'm super excited for Showtime. I'm super excited for where your head's at. Um, I think it's free NFT summer, in my opinion. Free um, nice NFT and- summer. And we're 100%. about to see it, we're about to see it go live. Uh, yeah. Before we kind of wrap this up, okay, I wanna I wanna end with one final question because you love Steve Jobs so much. So let's do something <laughs> fun, okay? Um, if Steve Jobs was here today, okay, and you had the opportunity to ask him one question, what would it be and why?
1: Uh, well, I would ask him to maybe make Apple accelerate the Web three transition or like be <laughs>
0: maybe even innovating that's what you would ask him okay all right i think well i guess he's your idol remember he's your (laughs) idol you've idolized him since 14 years old
1: (laughs) well i think i'll just be so excited i'll just ask him like some philosophical questions um but i mostly understand his philosophy that's kind of my philosophy now at least the perception of his philosophy is my philosophy i don't know how he actually thinks um, so yeah, I think I, I'd love to ask you more than one question. Uh, I'll just say like thanks. Like it's literally because of him that I'm in tech. Honestly, like otherwise I'm just a random dude in Paris. Um, and so um, I would yeah, we probably will touch on crypto. I guess I think he probably would dismiss it uh, and be like, this is so bullshit. Like you <laughs> know, uh, the company is supposed to protect you, but. I think that he like it's just because like he's just back from the dead and so doesn't understand anything. Right. But with more context, <laughs> with more context, I think he would probably uh, warm up to the idea and maybe even like innovate with Apple in, in very cool ways. That's not really happening with A- Apple right now. But Apple is like seems to be listening, and and you know we're talking with OpenC Mobile team and stuff like that, and it's it's a little pain for now, but we're fighting the good fight, and uh, I think it's gonna be exciting. Well, so yeah, I, I would up. say I don't know exactly what I would say to Steve Jobs, um, but I'll probably ask you about Web three.
0: Nice, good, <laughs> nice, solid, mm-hmm. typical. All right, I love it. I'll, I'll take it. Uh, before I let you go, Alex, where can we find you? Where can we find Showtime? Uh, Show it away. Sure, for sure. Uh, So you can
1: find me Alex Masmej on Twitter at Alex Masmej M A S M E J, Um, and then Showtime is Showtime X Y Z or Showtime underscore X Y Z
0: everywhere. Let's go, Alex! Thank you so much. Free NFT summer, baby! Free NFT summer! (laughs) Congratulations on making it this far into the episode. You are a champ, and because of that, I want to say thank you by giving you a free participation NFT. You can claim yours today by visiting AdamLevy.io forward slash NFT. Follow the steps on your screen and you'll be good to go. Also, depending on which platform you're listening on, be sure to like, subscribe, comment, share, favorite, etc. It really helps grow the platform and our reach online. And last but not least, I want to give some love and recognize one of our NFT sponsors who's helping make this episode a reality. They are CyberConnect, a decentralized social graph protocol allowing users to own and control their social connections while providing a universal data layer backed by powerful social features to empower developers. Already with 150,000 users and 3 million connections, CyberConnect is the largest decentralized social graph supporting Ethereum, Binance Smart Chain, Near, and Solana with more coming soon. To learn more, visit cyberconnect.me and start connecting with everyone in Web3.